All right, welcome back. Uh, we have fantasy expert James Cohen to the podcast today, special guest for our special fantasy episode. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, great to be a part of the show, guys. So uh, first question, uh, we're just wondering um, what kind of draft strategy you're taking this season, who you're drafting early, who you're drafting late, stuff like that. You know, for me, I'm, it really depends, right? So if you are the kind of person that's going to make, you know, 30 to 40 to 50 moves during the regular season, I'm actually very comfortable advocating going zero RB um, in your drafts, even at the top of the draft. Even though I have Alvin Kamara as my top overall player, after Alvin, I, I'm okay going Nuke at number two. I'm okay going Devontae Adams at number two or three, right? So – um, and just following that up with more wide receivers and filling that out with tight ends like George Kittle or Zach Ertz in the third round um, to basically kind of give yourself this very stable floor. But what that requires is a lot of in-season management. So uh, when I say this is the year to go zero RB, I'm talking more to the person who is going to be hardcore about it um, and is willing to dedicate, you know, hours every single week. Uh, to fantasy but if you're more casual you know and you're gonna make you know maybe 10 moves or 20 moves all season you know go the traditional route go find your running backs early you know take a quarterback late um, and then kind of just go again more towards that uh, more traditional draft strategy yeah I like I like the uh, zero running back approach this year a lot Um, I drafted Devontae Adams in the first round of my draft Uh, you said that Kamara is your first overall ranked player and then you have possibly Hopkins and Adams ranked right after them. So how are you feeling about Saquon this year? Because personally, I think that he's getting overvalued. I think the team around him is just not good enough to support uh, like number one overall fantasy production for him. So yeah, how are you feeling about Saquon this year? I absolutely love that you said that. And um, and I've got Saquon outside my top five. You know, I don't, I don't think it's – for, for whatever reason, when I tell people, you know, Saquon's outside my top five, uh, overall players, people lose their minds. Like, oh, you're a hater. Oh, how could you not like this guy's talent? It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with his talent or, or anything like it. Just bottom line is uh, he's in a terrible situation offensively. The Giants offense might be one of the five worst in the NFL. Um, now, I still have him as my number six or number seven overall player based on talent, based on volume. Um, and fantasy, for those folks who are kind of new to the fantasy space, Volume is king. It doesn't volume most times supersedes talent. You know what I mean? Talent might get you on the field more. Maybe talent gets you volume, but you know, talent doesn't, if you're not getting the overall volume, it's really hard to do well in fantasy. So that's kind of what you're chasing uh, for the more advanced players who who do fantasy. They're chasing the volume. They look at talent too, uh, but certainly they look at the overall health of the offense and the volume. And when I look at those two situations, one is good for Saquon in terms of volume. One is really bad in terms of the overall offense. No Odell Beckham. Um, safeties, I'm sure, are going to be creeping uh, close to the line of scrimmage. And for me, it's, you know, I'll say this. According to Next Gen Stats, Saquon Barkley averaged 2.5 yards per carry against loaded boxes. That was one of the three worst marks among 47 qualified running backs. So let me say that again. He was one of the three worst running backs against loaded boxes last year. He saw loaded boxes on 23% of his carries, which is about league average. Now, 
you got to think with no Odell Beckham and with a noodle-armed Eli Manning, I just, you got to think that loaded box percentage is going to creep much closer to 35%. Um, And to me, it just seems like a Todd Gurley 2016 situation all over again. I think he's more talented than Todd Gurley, and I just love the fact that they utilize him in the passing game so much more. So that will certainly raise his floor, which is, again, why I still have him just outside my top five, but I'm with you 100%. He's definitely not my 1.1, definitely not my 1.2. Yeah, that load of box uh, stats were pretty interesting. How are you handling the players that are holding out, such as Zeke and uh, Melvin Gordon? Are you How late are you taking them in your draft? It's just hard for me to determine where they're going to be um, as of today. They could literally sign a contract next week and all your projections go out the window. Um, where I have Zeke right now is near the end of the first round, maybe early part of the second round, because again, I think financially, I think he can hold out in that he's made some decent money. And if he wanted to, he could maintain a certain amount of lifestyle and, and hold out if he wanted to, to preserve his body right now at some point, both of these guys, both Melvin Gordon and Zeke, they're going to come back, um, because they have to really, there's no incentive for them to sit out like we saw with Le'Veon Bell. You got to understand how the contracts work in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell was on a franchise tag. No matter what he did, sit out, not sit out. He's going to be a free agent, right? Now they could have franchised him again, but you know, they're just not that financially motivated to do that. Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott, they're both still in their first deals, which means they need to come back to accrue service time. Um, at what point will that happen? I'm not sure. But it would, be, it would be absolutely astronomically stupid for them to sit out an entire year for no reason. It just it doesn't make sense for them. Um, now, that being said, I do think they're going to miss multiple games. I think both guys will miss multiple games as they are trying to preserve their bodies a little bit and get themselves a little bit closer uh, towards free agency. So... My concerns, you know, would be that, you know, they, they sit out some, something like two or three games. I can't see them sitting out more. But uh, certainly you do have to take that into consideration and you're knocking them down, you know, a good five to ten spots in your fantasy draft. Yeah. Uh, I personally, I have to go, like, risk-averse in my first two rounds. I, 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 I'm, a little, I'm always worried about taking risks on guys, especially, like, if you look at Le- Le- Le'Veon last year, that situation scares me, even though it's, it's a different contract situation now for these two guys. But uh, kind of going off that, uh, there's a couple injured superstar players that are falling on draft boards this year, too. There's similar situations to the holdouts. Uh, Andrew Luck, his calf or ankle, something wrong. there's something wrong with Andrew Luck. A.J. Green is hurt again. And Todd Gurley, the knee, everyone's worried about it. Uh, how, where, where, how, are you, uh, how are you adjusting – where are you taking these guys? Todd Gurley, I, I'm with you. I, I'm just, you know, it's just really hard to gauge where he's at. I, he's had a knee condition. He's had a knee condition for a long time. This is not just something that popped up last year, right? So because he has an extensive medical history, um, I think it's fair uh, to assume that, you know, that knee is a real issue and that I think his overall touches will be limited uh, in 2019. They've got a really, really capable backup. In Daryl Henderson, this kid from Memphis, an explosive, explosive and highly productive running back uh, from Memphis. And, and it's, it was such a wise pick, um, I think, from the Rams to pick him up. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Henderson saw 15 touches a game and we saw they, th- them try to preserve Todd Gurley a little bit for later in the season. You know, maybe maybe he sees less than 20 touches a game for the entirety of the 2019 season. Again, when we're talking about volume, that's not a great volume. You know what I mean? So uh, he is playing in a locked and loaded offense. You love his overall situation. That's why he's still going to be a second round pick. But overall, certainly there's a lot of downside risk with Todd Gurley. And, and I'm kind of with you. I'm a little bit risk averse in my first two with my first two picks. He's going to be somebody I know I will not see uh, on any of my given teams. So my next question is, how do you view players that are on new teams this season? I'm thinking of Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, even Mark Ingham. Some of these guys you just haven't seen on their current teams and in their current offenses. Um, well, let's see. Let me go from the bottom up, right? I'm not a big fan of Mark Ingram. Never have been. I think his game is average. Um, I, I don't necessarily know what – he was in a great offensive system, and I think he was an okay player. Um, obviously he had one year where he just went, went, went ham. Uh, but other than that, he's struggled with injuries, struggled with production. And I just, I think he's an okay player. Um, and the Ravens offense to me is a throwback, right? I mean, this is a team with Lamar Jackson that averaged over more than 200 yards rushing per game. Since they went to the 16 game format, no team in the NFL has ever rushed for 200 yards a game. So um, it's a weird offense, certainly. And I don't know how Mark Ingram fits into all of that. So Justice Hill is going to push him. You know, they have seemingly have found – Harbaugh has done such an amazing job generating the run. Uh, it doesn't matter who he has. Unheralded guys like Alex Collins, Gus Edwards, it doesn't matter. These guys produce. John Harbaugh is an absolute mastermind when it comes to getting production out of his running back. So will he be able to do that again with Mark Ingram? I think so. I think so. But if you're anticipating, you know, him getting something like 1,200 yards, I probably don't see that. I think he's more in that 1,000 to 1,100-yard range, again, if he stays healthy. And I think you can anticipate anywhere between six to eight touchdowns for Mark Ingram in 2019. Um, Some of the other guys you you mentioned, OBJ, I love OBJ. I've got OBJ as my wide receiver three in fantasy, just behind New Hopkins and Devontae Adams. People sleeping on OB. I, I don't. I don't get it. Right? Like yeah, OBJ, phenomenal talent. Yeah. Okay. He had a down year last year with Noodle Army Eli Manning. <laughs> I mean, now he's got Baker Mayfield. You know. So I, I, I don't. I guess I don't get it. Like, what really changed between him being a consensus top five pick? Um, a year ago to where he is today. I, I guess I'm confused by that. So I've got OBJ as a, um, you know, as a top 10 pick. And, and again, as my wide receiver three this year. Yeah. I, I love, I love your stance on OBJ there. I think he's probably now, I think he could have easily the best season of his career. He has the upside to probably be uh, the fantasy MVP with an actual quarterback that can get him the ball downfield for the first time in his, his entire career, really. And when he's been, when he's been on the field and healthy, when he's been on the field is the big point. He's the downside of missing five or six games for you. It's fluky injuries. 16 games in the last two years he's missed. All right, but it's a lot. Me- you mentioned uh, Justice Hill when you were talking about Mark Ingram. Uh, I picked him in my draft late. Uh, I think he's really talented. I watched a lot of his uh, – I, wa- I, watched, I watched the preseason game. He looked really good. Can't say I watched him much in college, but 
what other rookies are you uh are you targeting in your drafts this year? Um, in terms of rookies, you know, I, I really like the fit for Miles Sanders. I don't necessarily like the price. Um, you know, he's going somewhere in that, you know, sixth round, which to me right now is is a really heavy price to pay. Doug Peterson, you know, hasn't had a going back to his offensive coordinator days with Kansas City, you know, he hasn't had a running back with more than 200 touches since 2014, Jamal Charles. So it's been a minute since one guy has toted the rock exclusively uh, in a Doug Peterson offense. They love to utilize and mix and match different running backs. And that's, they have a very crowded running back room right now. Uh, They brought back Darren Sproles. You know, we talk about Miles Sanders. uh, Jordan Howard is there now. Uh, Corey Clement is a holdover too. Uh, it, It just, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, by the way, who led the team in both rushing attempts and rushing yards last year, still on the team. Will he even make the cut? I don't even know. But they have all the running backs right now. Uh, And Miles Sanders is certainly one that I think from a skill standpoint, because he's so good and so adept at catching the ball, fits in perfectly with what Doug Peterson wants to do at the running back position. He's somebody that I'm very interested in but wish he was going a little bit later in drafts. Uh, in terms of other rookies, I think Devin Singletary and Buffalo will almost assuredly see, you know, a handful of starts, maybe not a handful, but I, I would, I would bet my reputation. He sees at least three starts in 2019. Um, we're not even sure LaShawn McCoy survives the cut, right? Uh, because it, they can cut him at any time, which by the way, NFL players, for the love of God, I, I mean, can you build this into your contracts? Don't get cut this late. It's so bad for you financially. If LaShawn McCoy got cut tomorrow, there's no suitors out there for him. You know what I mean? There's very limited prospects for him to go anywhere above the league minimum. So I'm just saying, if you're a, if you're a player, man, like you have, to, you have to build it into your contract to get cut uh, before April. You know, and I think that's a reasonable expectation. Anyways, I'm, I'm totally going off the hinges here. But but Devin Singletary, somebody I like. Alexander Mattinson from Boise State up there in Minnesota. I love him and I love the prospects because, you know, you talk about health and, you know, Dalvin Cook has not necessarily been the model of health the last couple of years or really his entire career. Uh, even going back to Florida State, the guy's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his entire career so to me Alexander Mattinson is somebody that uh, I want to invest in Gary Kubiak is the offensive not the coordinator but he's an assistant offensive assistant there whatever that means and we know what Gary Kubiak has done uh, in terms of building running back resume so he's somebody that I'm very very interested in going off of uh, Dalvin Cook's injury history how do you handle running backs that are injury prone? I'm looking at obviously Dalvin Cook, uh, on Johnson, Leonard Fournette. All these guys are going in the second round. Where do you see them on your board? I'm I'm not touching Leonard Fournette at his current price. I mean, I, I just I don't even understand how you do it. You know, um, Jacksonville's offense I still think is a little bit of a mess. It's uh, Nick Foles from Blake Bortles, and I'm not caping up for Blake Bortles here, but I mean, how much of an upgrade are we really talking? Uh, you know. Um, Will he not turn the ball over as much? Yeah, probably. But I, I just don't know how much more of a dynamic passing attack that he really makes them. And plus in the wide receiver room, it's they still don't have very many you know, downfield weapons. So I think Jacksonville's offense is still a little bit of a mess. I'm not touching Leonard Fournette again because of the injury, extensive injury history. Again, going back to his days at LSU. Um, and 
And I don't understand how he's a second round pick, I guess. I, I just, I guess I just don't understand it, but I'd probably take him a, a full round after if he was in the third round, mid to late third. Okay. Then maybe we could start talking, but in the second round, that's a no go for me. Yeah. Fournette. I agree with you there on Fournette. He hasn't, when he's, when he's been healthy, which hasn't been often, uh, he's produced fantasy wise. Uh, he hasn't been like an amazing player, but in, in the, in real life, he's, under four yards per carry, I believe, last two years. I don't know. I need to see more from Fournette before I take him as my second-best player in fantasy, especially because he can't really stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, all, all of those things, for sure, no doubt about it. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's just I don't think he's in a great situation, plus he's got that extensive injury history. I don't know. And, again, this goes back to me saying I'm okay going zero RB in fantasy this year because of some of the question marks, especially we're, that we're seeing – with second round running back. So I don't know, you know, like even if I had the number two overall pick, I'm, I'm actually okay going nuke and then figuring out what my wide receiver is going to be in round two, round three, go get George Kittle. And then, you know, round four, maybe start thinking about, you know, another wide receiver. Maybe I start thinking about running back, but probably not. I, and again, it, it, and a lot of it has to do with, um, there's a lot of question marks, I think at the running back position, as there always is, and it's the most volatile position in football. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And kind of going off of that, uh, another running back with question marks, they're not really injury-related, but Nick Chubb, uh, every, last year he was a beast when he was on the field. He was, I mean, he went off uh, as soon as he was handed the starting job. But they obviously signed Kareem Hunt in the offseason. He'll be back week 10, I believe. How are you handling that situation? Um, I love Nick Chubb. <laughs> I mean, he was explosive. He looked great, strong, fast. Um, and, and he was one of the most elusive running backs in all of the NFL last year. So um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but according to Next Gen Stats, you know, they have a stat called yards gained after close, and it basically measures how many yards a running back gets uh, when a defender closes to within one yard of them, it's like yards after contact, but instead of contact, it's one yard. Um, and he was the league leader uh, in that category in 2018, which just really speaks to how elusive he was. Now we've got a full season um, of Freddie Kitchens as the head coach, Todd Munkin, who, oh, by the way, Todd Munkin as the OC for Tampa Bay last year, He's the guy that helped Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, two middle-of-the-road quarterbacks, throw for a combined 5,100 yards. That is just bananas. <laughs> um, and they led the NFL, obviously. So that's why I'm so bullish on this offense. I think they're going to move the ball. They're going to attack. And when we're talking about – and you're saying, oh, well, that's passing yards. How does that re relate to Nick Chubb? It's just going to give him a lot more scoring opportunities. And we know touchdowns are, uh, are one of the lifebloods of fantasy football. I just think, like I said, that the offense is really going to be clicking and he will have more than ample opportunity to score, you know, north of 12 touchdowns this year. What do you think about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster this year? Last year he broke out uh, fifth in the league in yards last year. He's first in yards after the catch. Obviously now Antonio Brown's gone, so he's going to see a lot more double teams. Juju being taken at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round of most drafts. How do you see Juju? Yeah, I mean, the volume's certainly going to be there, right? Um, I don't know how much more. I, I, for, I've seen some people say, oh, Juju's got a chance to be, you know, a top five wide receiver. I, 
I don't necessarily know if I buy that. I like Pittsburgh's offense. Um, you know, they've done a really good job um, being able to move the ball. Again, we're talking about another team that, you know, threw for 5,000 plus yards. So clearly this is a team that can move it. Um, but I mean, look at his target share, right? I, I mean, this is somebody that, uh, that last year saw a ton, a ton of targets. We're talking uh, 160, what is it? 166 total targets last year, which is just crazy, right? So he was one of the, you know, five or six most targeted wide receivers um, in fantasy. Uh, he's, he's still a slot guy. So he'll play flanker. He plays slot. You know, he just doesn't have the speed, uh, I think, to play as a true X. That's where they're going to miss Antonio Brown. That's where I think Dante Moncrief comes in as a great sleeper. Uh, he profiles as a as a deep downfield threat and should be able to play that X spot pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Juju is is a great player. I love Juju as a as a personality and, and as a football player, but. I just, I guess I could just kind of wonder, um, you know, how much growth potential there is uh, in 2019 to go from 166 targets. I mean, where, where is he going to go? You're going to feed 200 targets to the slot. <laughs> it just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we've ever seen that. Have we? So yeah. I, I would be, I would be hesitant to think that uh, Juju sees that much, uh, that much growth uh, in this upcoming season. Yeah. So, I know we've already talked about it a little bit, but uh, we've already mentioned some guys. But in general, is there anyone that you're taking in all your drafts this year that you need to get? Is there any guys that – they're your guys this year. Who, who are your guys? Yeah. There's a couple guys that um, I think are going pretty late uh, that I really, really like. One of them is the aforementioned Dante Moncrief. He plays in a great system. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete, by the way. Just a big-bodied wide receiver, uh, super fast, super quick. He just it, – it, he – has always played second fiddle and that's what he'll do in this Pittsburgh offense as well. But just playing with Ben Roethlisberger and this offense that is very high octane uh, to me is very enticing and you're getting this guy in the double digit round. So, um, so he's certainly somebody that I am targeting over and over again. Duke Johnson is somebody that I really like too. I thought it was a perfect trade for Houston. Houston is an abject disaster in terms of their front office, but um, overall, they've gotten lucky with some moves. You know, Deshaun Watson falling to them at the end of the first round is just is like a gift uh, from the gods. But Duke Johnson was a, a really, really good trade for them. Um, he fits what they want to do, right? You know, Will Fuller and Kiki QT have really struggled with health. And if Kiki QT in particular misses time, Duke Johnson can literally just slide into the slot um, and play there. He's such a talented receiver. Uh, remember, going into last year, they wanted to try to transition him uh, into that slot role before he basically stuck with being a running back. So he knows that world a little bit, and I love that fit for them. I think he's an underrated running back, you know, as a, just a pure runner. Um, I've never been that impressed with Lamar Miller, and I think he'll get some carries. Plus, I think he'll get quite a few – uh, targets in the passing game as well. He's somebody that I absolutely love and would target, again, going super late in, in drafts. I mean, we're talking 11th, 12th, 13th round. He's somebody that I would target. And we talked about Alexander Mattinson as well, somebody that is going uh, you know, in, in the later portion of your draft, double-digit rounds, but has the upside to carry you 
has the upside really to be a top 10 running back uh, in a Gary Kubiak running attack. What's your uh, strategy in drafting quarterbacks? Um, you know, I have, I, I've got, uh, like everyone, you know, I've got the KC guy as my number one guy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is a magician. He's a generational talent. We'll throw that around a little bit, I think too much, but he truly is. He's one of those guys. Um, you know, will he go for 50 touchdowns? No, I, that's not going to happen. There's a reason why that's only happened a, you know, a, a few times in NFL history. So, but uh, if we're talking about a guy whose floor, whose floor is 35 touchdowns, that's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I would say Patrick Mahomes is, is your quarterback one. I do have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback two, because again, you know, anticipated growth, all the weapons, OBJ, Todd Munkin, Freddie Kitchens, um, just the setup is too nice. Uh, and I, and I really do have him as my quarterback too. And then there's Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan as my three and four, Deshaun Watson as my five. Uh, and and I, I think that might surprise some people because a lot of folks have Deshaun Watson as their quarterback too. I'm worried about the injuries. And quite frankly, as you could tell, I'm not a fan of Bill O'Brien. I think he's a horrendous coach and um, <laughs> he has shown me absolutely nothing. Look, he has the most, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. He has one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the NFL. And this is an offense that is when both of those guys play middle of the road. I don't think they've ever been better than 14th in total offense without Deshaun Watson. They've been 29th. That's horrendous. So I don't think Bill O'Brien, who is supposed to be a quote unquote offensive guy has done literally anything to help Deshaun Watson. He was sacked what 65 times last year, a league leading 65 times. That's horrendous. Um, and we saw no schematic changes whatsoever to protect Deshaun Watson. So I'm not a fan. I, I just think, you know, the, to start to pile up i'm really worried about the health for deshaun watson he just can't keep it up I and mean, we saw it last year the guy couldn't go on a plane because because fears of a collapsed lung uh, and they're still rolling them out there with no schematic adjustments get out of here it's like it doesn't make any sense to me so um so yeah in terms of approach i would you know i'm probably not going to take patrick mahomes because he's going to go early if matt ryan is there if Baker Mayfield is there in the sixth round, 100%. I'm grabbing him because I really do think he can be a difference maker. Now, that being said, I, I never like coming out of a draft with just one quarterback. Um, I really like to draft two. And I think Phillip Rivers uh, or Jared Goff, these guys are going pretty late. I mean, you can grab these guys 11th, 12th round. Uh, and I think they're I, I think they're both quarterbacks that could sneak into the top 10 and and give you a lot of stability should something befall your starter. All right, yeah. I, I love your uh, Rodgers at three ranking there. Uh, I think finally unleashed from uh, Mike McCarthy's offense straight out of 1975. So I think I'm feeling Rodgers can win MVP this year. He's my pick, but not too bold, but. Yeah, no, I mean, look, he, he's a – I love Rodgers. Rodgers is one of my favorite players of all time. Um, he's a Cal guy. I'm a Cal guy. I, I cape up for Rodgers every single time. I'm an I'm a Aaron Rodgers stan. Now, yeah. that being said, the reality of the fact is he has been hurt. Um, and he has gotten hurt a lot over the last few years. Uh, and you do have to bake that injury risk into your assessment from a fantasy perspective. So, 
Um, so yeah, supremely talented, getting a little longer in the tooth though. And again, um, learning a brand new offense and, uh, just the injury risk, all of that. That's the reason I put him at, as my quarterback three and not as my quarterback two. Um, so, but yeah, sir, he, look, the guy's so good. He could absolutely surprise it and, and, and outpace Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. That, that's how good he is. Um, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to put it on some people this year, you know, but again, you know, on the wrong side of 30 for sure. Uh, and, and an extensive injury history over the last few years, that's got to give you some pause. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't uh, argue with you there. So, uh, just last couple questions here. Uh, I just want to know if you have any like really deep last pick, last pick of the draft sleepers for redraft leagues. And, uh, my dad wants me to ask you this, uh, dynasty leagues, like not not just like dynasty startup leagues where a guy that may not produce this year but could produce in a year or two down the line young guys um i mean i i, I keep harking back to alexander mattinson but yeah especially in dynasty you know this is somebody that um i think is a really good player um he just to me fits what the it again if they run that gary kubiak one cut zone outside zone scheme um, I think fits in very well with what they want to get done there. So um, Dalvin Cook is is a good player when healthy. He just can't stay healthy. You know what I mean? So um, I, I would say that's somebody that if you want to take from a dynasty perspective, absolutely targeting him. Um, I, I really like Matt Breida, and he's going super late too. He's going in, in the 12th, 13th, 14th, maybe undrafted portion of your draft. So Matt Breida is somebody that I think uh, in San Francisco is somebody that should be on everyone's roster. Jarek McKinnon's already hurt. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman, he knows the system, you know, having worked with Kyle Shanahan back in their Atlanta days, but I, I haven't really been that impressed with Tevin Coleman. Um, and I was, I remember when him coming out uh, a college, Indiana, I think it was, um, I was a huge fan. I mean, the guy has just got speed for days big powerful dude um and i was all about it go, him going into atlanta but he just never seemed to be that consistent of a contributor so i just wonder with his you know all or nothing approach sometimes um if they don't work in brita a little bit more i, I just think brita it was super explosive last year he also has some injury concerns too obviously um, but Shanahan knows what to do with running backs, man. And, and I will buy into any player in that system. You know, running backs last year for, for the San Francisco 49ers, I believe averaged four and a half yards per carry as a running back group. I want you to think about that. That is incredible given the guys that were running out there. You know what I mean? R- Raheem yeah. Mostert and, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I've been very impressed. He knows how to, you know, I talk about John Harbaugh, but I mean, obviously Shanahan knows how to generate the rush as well. So, um, so yeah, Matt Breed is somebody that I think you could take super, super late um, and be pleased with the results. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's all we have for you today, but uh, thanks. So, thanks so much for coming on. It's great having you. Man, it's great to talk football, man. So, you know, anytime you guys need somebody, just let me know. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love to have you on later in the season. Thanks for coming on. Good luck this season. All right. Sounds good. See you guys.